Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey everyone, how are you? (sighs) You know, I'm not great. (laughs) Ruth Bader Ginsburg died last night. Things are just, they're not great at this exact moment. I have quite a bad headache right now. And I'll explain why in a second. And yeah, okay. So here's the thing. I am not talking about this week's 16 and recovering today. Um, I watched it last night. And when I I lost it, I think that would be an understatement. I knew it was going to be a sad episode. I saw in the previews that obviously somebody died. Like in the first episode... They show a, like, the the way that, they show these kids crying in a way that, like, I knew somebody had to be dead, like, just from being in that experience. And then a bunch of people messaged me this week being like, this week's episode is so sad. And I was like, please don't spoil it for me. I actually really like 16 and Recovering, and I want to be able to watch it like a normal person, you know, like, not like somebody doing a podcast. Um, so I was able to stay, like, unspoiled, but everybody was, like, tagging me that it was so sad. And then, um, yeah, I watched it and I was hysterically crying for a full hour. And then the first thing I did when I finished this episode was open my phone and see the news of RBG dying breaking. And then I was like, well, that really sucks. And then I just spent the rest of the night crying about 16 and recovering. And I have a really bad headache as a result. Like I was crying for three hours last night. Um, It was just really triggering for me, like really triggering. And I just can't talk about it right now. It's just too upsetting, honestly. And I do want to talk about it eventually. I still want to do like a 16 and recovering full episode, like on just 16 and recovering, because I think that will be good. I want, I want to do that. I plan on doing that. And so maybe I will hold off recapping this week's and next week's and then just do a 16 and recovering episode. I don't know. I just, I can't, (laughs) I can't talk about it. Um, It's just too sad. It's too sad. So that's one. Two, if you are not following me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at BentleyLiz1. I would suggest you follow me on there. I've been getting a lot. A lot of DMs on Instagrams where people will ask me to comment on things that are not teen mom related. And the thing is, if if it's a celebrity pop culture gossip story, there's a 99.7 chance that I have already tweeted about it. Um, the feathers underscore pod Instagram account is really just for teen mom news. It It's not like a to discuss all pop culture stuff. And I just... I can't like have, I get so many DMs, you know, like asking me to comment on stuff that it's not really plausible. And my Twitter is where I talk about like 95% of the stuff I talk about on Twitter is not Teen Mom related. Now, 15% 15 to 30% of it is just like me talking about junk like in my life that you probably don't care about. But like, if you want to know what my thoughts on Jerry from Cheer Getting Arrested are, you can find them on my Twitter. Um, when I say I had 45 people this week send me that <laughs> that story, it's not an overstatement. Um, 
if something in pop culture news happened, like I saw it, I I can't fully express how addicted to the internet that I am. So if you want to know my thoughts on it, just come on over to Twitter and you can see it. Um, I just can't like my feathers underscore pod account. Like I said, it's just for Teen Mom. Um, so yeah, I like I I know people want to hear my thoughts and opinions on that, and I really appreciate it. So I just want to make. Uh, the best way possible. I want to let my listeners know the best way possible to do that because that is a Teen Mom account. This is a Teen Mom podcast. I'm not just, you know, talking about random pop culture stuff. So if you want to hear that, you can definitely come to my Twitter where I will have discussed it because I comment on essentially everything on my Twitter. So yeah, there's that. Um, For the people that are desperate to hear my thoughts on Jerry from Cheer Getting Arrested, like, I Like, I don't really know what to say. He's a child molester. Like, he's a full-blown pedophile child molester. And that's really, uh, obviously, that's distressing. (laughs) But I'm just not really sure. You know, people ask me, like, am I going to do a podcast on it? And I'm like, I don't really know what I should be saying. Like, uh, there's nothing to say except that he's a child molester and that that's really upsetting. There's definitely not enough to do a whole podcast on it. In that vein, if you want to hear me podcast about non-teen mom stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. And I talk about a ton of non-teen mom topics on my Patreon. The last thing that I want to ask before I get into the recap is one of my very closest friends in Florida, her name is Kathleen, has been diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 31. It is really awful and sad, and she has started to go fund me to try and help so that she can raise money to help pay for her family's travel expenses because her family lives in New Jersey. They can't move to Florida. Um, She can't move from Florida to New Jersey because like it would be too hard to start the doctor process over again. She just like the she's like I just can't move. Like it it would be too much. It's too stressful. So essentially she's raising money via GoFundMe to help, you know, bring her family down there so that her mom, her dad, and her brother can like come in shifts and fly and stay in a hotel because also she lives in a very small apartment with a roommate. So yeah, if you want to donate to my friend Kathleen, which, you know, I am really conscious about asking for money. (laughs) I don't, you know, like I don't use this podcast to ask for money a lot um, because I don't think that's the point. And I also am like very serious about the platform that you all my listeners have given me and how much I appreciate that platform. And I would never want anybody that listens to this podcast feel like I'm taking advantage of them or exploiting like... um, the listeners that I have, I just would not ever want to do that. And so I hope, I hope that I've gotten that across that I really care about my listeners. And the only reason that I would be asking this is because it is very, very serious to me. Um, so yeah, I have the link in my bio at actually all of my accounts, (laughs) all of my Instagram accounts. You can find the link in my bio to Kathleen's fundraiser. And if you can spare $5, I would really appreciate it. If not, you can't, you know, we all we all can only do what we can do. So yeah, I that's really that's it for like non-teen mom stuff. I do I sound awful right now? I feel like I'm speaking in a weird way. Like I I'm listening to myself talk and I feel like my tone is very weird right now in a way that I feel like I may be coming across as mean. 
I don't know. Guys, when I tell you the 16 recovering episode, like, fucked me up in a way. Like, I, I feel so emotionally hungover right now. Like, I just feel so sad. I feel really sad about, like, oh, God. This Okay. Okay. So I can't talk about it. So I'm not talking about it. Oh, addiction sucks. The opioid ad- epidemic sucks. Um, okay. Okay. How many times can I say okay? Should we just talk about Teen Mom? I don't think anything happened in Teen Mom world this week. Janelle did put out a sec or a third of her like YouTube video series and I didn't watch it because I didn't really see anybody say that anything interesting happened in it. And I, I'm not sure like what other interesting things she could say unless she's going to address the fact that David that like the when she left David. So there is a third installment of I have something to say by Janelle Evans. <laughs> However, I didn't see it. So if it is if you watch it and it's interesting, you can let me know, but I think the reality is is that 90% of the content Janelle puts out is going to be quite boring, right? Uh yeah, so that's I think that's it. I just looked at my Instagram to see if I've posted any other news this week. And I don't really think I have. I guess it's been a slow Teen Mom Newsweek. Um, Kale did say on her podcast, she <laughs> so stupid. I'm sorry. So Kale on her podcast, the podcast that she has with Lindsay Chrisley from Chrisley Knows Best. Um, <laughs> they're talking about test taking anxiety, and Kale like casually says like. I have really bad test-taking anxiety. And the other day when I took a practice test for the Air Force Reserves, I, like, just got really bad anxiety over it. And Lindsay's like, wait, what? (laughs) She's like, you did what? (laughs) So Kale has announced on her podcast that her goal is to lose 50 pounds and join the Air Force Reserves. (laughs) What the fuck is she talking about? Okay, I really think she's trolling. Like, I really do. She says it very seriously. Like, I even, I saw it and then I heard the clip like on Instagram and I was like, I need to actually go and listen to this full clip because I cannot understand like if she is joking or not. And she says it dead seriously. Dead, dead, dead seriously. She has joined a gym with a personal trainer. But as she gets into in that episode, like, it's not the gym that's the issue. It's the food that's the issue, which like, you know, that's high key relatable to me at least. Well, I don't love the gym either, but <laughs> the food is obviously the hardest part of losing weight. I think everybody knows that it's like 90% food, 10% workout, right? So she's talking about how she's going to lose the weight. Um, She does not explain why she wants to join the Air Force Reserves. Also, Javi is in the Air Force Reserves. So it's like kind of weird for her to specifically pick that one. Um, I think that she says this type of shit twofolds. I think she does get these like fantastical ideas of things she's going to do. And like she'll look into it like how Kale was saying that she was going to go take the LSAT so she could go to law school. And I don't know. She always has like a million plans, right, that she's going to do. I'm going to move to California. But I think that like quickly, quickly, quickly after she makes these like looks into it, she doesn't want to do it. Which, you know, 
I think a lot of it is just like her impulsive manic thing going on, right? So, but I think that she brings it up on the podcast or will post about it on Instagram because it makes people so mad. Like, people on Reddit were losing their fucking minds over this. Like, then I'm like, this has to be a troll. This is very funny. (laughs) Maybe she really needs health insurance for her and the kids because health insurance is quite expensive, but... (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. It's just so funny. It's so funny. I actually, if anything, I like desperately hope that Kale does this. I hope that she loses 50 pounds and joins the Air Force Reserves because I would just love to see people flip out about it. I think it'd be very funny, honestly. I think it would be very, very funny if she actually followed through on one of these like insane threats, essentially, that she makes. Also, there's been a big debate about what Kale is calling the new baby. As we know, his name is Creed Romello. I said on this podcast that I wish his name was Romello Creed because I think Romello is a pretty cool name. And I said that I really like the nickname Mello. I think it's cute. Um, Somebody on Instagram or on Reddit told me they have a girl that they call Mella. I can't remember what it's Carmela. The baby's name is Carmela and they call her Mella. I was like, oh my God, that's so cute. I just think Mello is a cute nickname. And I think Romello is like a fine name for an adult, right? Which is important. So Kale has been vacillating between calling him Creed and Mello. And people are like really fucking upset about this. And this is something that I find hard to relate to, the upset about it thing. Um, people are like, his names are not interchangeable. That was that's one you see a lot, like pick a name and then like lots of hate of like, why do parents give their kids names just to call them a nickname? And why would a parent call their kid by their middle name? Like people are enraged over the fact that she's calling this baby mellow. Um, First of all, Kale uses her kids middle names a lot. She actually said, like, what's the point of giving them middle names if you don't use them, which I kind of agree with. Remember when Chelsea named her baby Lane Eddie? And I was like, that's the dumbest name. But also middle names are fake and do not matter. So it doesn't really matter what the baby's middle name is. (laughs) Uh, Because middle names have essentially nothing to do with your name as an adult. I feel like the only time middle names are relevant is as a child or I guess if you're monogramming stuff. So I think Mello's cute. I think it's totally fine if she calls him Mello. Um, she's been calling Lincoln Marshall and Creed Romello Marshmallow, which is extremely cute to me, like extremely cute. Um, and I just, I guess I don't, do some people just not have nicknames? I wonder if I feel this way because I have a lot of different names. You know, I am born Elizabeth, of course. I go by Liz to most of my friends, um, Yeah, most, like, almost everybody calls me Liz, right? Obviously, that's my name on this podcast. That's what the audience thinks of me of. Um, A lot of my family calls me Lizzie. And in my head, when I'm thinking about myself or talking to myself, I call myself Lizzie. Um, Like, if I'm giving myself a motivational talk, I'll be like, Lizzie, come on. Like, that's that's how I think of myself, which is probably, I I think I do that because my dad mostly calls me Lizzie and... My mom calls me Lizzie too, but my dad mostly calls me Lizzie. And so I think it's like the weird internal monologue for my dad. And I like use it to like yell at myself, I guess. Um, 
Then I have other friends that call me LB. Like some of my high school friends will call me LB. My dear friend KP, who listens to this podcast, <laughs> will recognize the LB nickname. Um, I also have a group of friends that calls me Biz because in high school when Anchorman was popular and they like switched the first letter letter of your first name with the first letter of your last name. Um <laughs> Biz Lentley works really, really well. And so I still have a group of friends that calls me Biz because Biz Lentley just works perfectly. I also weirdly go by Liz Bentley to a lot of people. Like a lot of people will use my full name. (laughs) So I guess I am a person that because, and of course Liz is a nickname for Elizabeth, that it doesn't it's like not as shocking, right? Because like if the baby's name is Creed and he goes by Mellow, people are like, huh? But all you have to say is like, oh, well, it's my middle name. And people will be like, oh, okay. I guess like people understand that Liz is a nickname for Elizabeth, obviously. So it's maybe a little different, but I just, it doesn't seem like a big deal. It's not confusing. I refer to myself as Elizabeth very often. Um, You know, when I apply for jobs, obviously I'm Elizabeth and like my email signature at work is Elizabeth. And I, when I call places, I call myself Elizabeth because whenever I say Liz, they think I'm saying Lynn. (laughs) So I use Elizabeth as like, um, whenever I have to like give my name for something, I always say Elizabeth. And I, a lot of my professors and teachers will call me Elizabeth because I don't like, I just don't care, you know, in school. I've been doing this since college. Like, I just don't care to correct them. So as a person with like multiple names, I just don't think it's a big deal that Kale wants to have a couple nicknames for her kids. Like I I don't I guess I just like can't relate to the outrage and I know that the level of hating Kale has gotten to a level that anything she does people lose their minds over, but I have to say Baby Mellow is a very cute name. Mellow is one of the cutest babies ever. Like if you guys I haven't seen Kale's new baby recently. Like, get on her Instagram. This baby is, what, less than eight weeks old, I think. And it's always looking at the camera. He's always, like, smiling at the camera. He looks so engaged for an infant. It's so, so, so cute. Um, It's also very funny that all of her kids look incredibly different from one another. I will be interested to see what Mello looks like as he gets a little bigger. But that baby is insanely cute. So yeah, that's, that's nickname alert. (laughs) Yes, I did spend four minutes describing what my nickname is to you guys. This is where I am today. (laughs) In the wise words of Joni Mitchell, will you take me as I am? (laughs) That's Joni Mitchell's best song, by the way, California. And you should go on YouTube and look up Joni Mitchell, California, and there's a version of her playing it on some late night show, and she's like plucking the guitar, and it's incredible, and Joni Mitchell is truly one of the best singers of a generation, and Joni Mitchell purposely smoked a ton of cigarettes to make her voice deeper. That's a fun fact about Joni Mitchell. Okay, should we get into this week's episode of Teen Mom? Um, Yeah, I think we'll do that. Let's take a little break and then we will talk about Teen Mom 2. Oh, before I do that, (laughs) I can't believe I forgot this. 16 and Pregnant is coming back. (laughs) I could not believe that. Uh, So, okay, there's a preview for a new 16 and Pregnant. I think it comes out early October. I think October 6th, it said. 
I feel excited about that, I guess. Did we talk about Team Mom? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me talk about this. Um, <laughs> I think it'll be interesting. I am curious if this is the season that they filmed like four years ago and never released. Um, if you guys didn't know, 16 and Pregnant season five, I believe, is the last season season five or six, and they had filmed a whole other season that they just never aired. This is around the time that they filmed Teen Mom New Jersey. Still makes me so mad. So there is like a 16 pregnant season that's just like in the can. And I'm kind of wondering if MTV decided to cut, like to recut that and air it, like because in the age of COVID, like there, it's going to be slow for a lot of new shows to come back on because most of them if they are able to start filming, they just started re-filming again. So it's going to take a while to get new shows on air. And I wonder if MTV is like, oh, well, we might as well air this thing that we already have shot. And that gives us like more time before we had to bring back Team Mom OG. There's not going to be that much new TV in o- the early October. So maybe other people will want to watch this because they're craving new TV. Or it could be a whole new cast of people because as you may see like MTV is constantly like putting out casting ads for girls that appear between the ages 16 and 20 that are pregnant. Will I cover it on feathers in my hair? I'm not sure. I have never been like a huge teen 16 and pregnant fan as I've talked about on this podcast. I don't love like one off episodes shows that are like one off episodes for the most part. Of course, there are always exceptions. But, you know, like I like Intervention, but actually I liked Intervention Philly much better where it was six episodes. Um, I did what I think is one of my best Patreon episodes ever on Intervention Philly where I talk a lot about my drug addiction story. So if you're interested in hearing that, you should definitely listen to that. But for the most part, I just don't, I, I feel like you can't connect enough with the teen in the families in 16 Pregnant like you can on Teen Mom. So I might cover it for this podcast, but I'm not sure. I'm like a 50-50. Like, we'll see. Maybe. Um, And I don't know if I talked about this last week, but apparently T-Mom Young and Pregnant is back. It's coming back. They started filming again. God is good. You know, what won't he do, as they say? (laughs) I'm really excited and really happy T-Mom Young and Pregnant is coming back. That, that brings me joy. That is joyful to me that we will be getting to see Ashley and Barr again. I have missed those two crazy motherfuckers so much. I want that little Holly back on my screen. I want to know what's going on with Kayla and Luke. They're still together, which like, you know, God bless Kayla. She took a real risk with that one, getting pregnant again so fast. But it seems to be working out pretty well. So I'm curious about that. Uh, I will say, I think it's all the same girls that are coming back. I, of course, the Beavers. I want to see the Beavers, of course. I kind of do think that they should have maybe dropped Brie because I just think that Brie doesn't bring a lot to the show. I think she did at first when she was dating Dan and was with, you know, like they just had all that drama. But I think since then she hasn't brought a lot to the show. And I'm kind of on the fence about Kaya. Um, I find Kaya to be, I don't know, there's something that I just like didn't love about following her segments. Um, I think it was just like how much they screamed. It maybe hurt my ears a little bit. But I guess what I'll say is I kind of wish they weren't bringing back Bray and that I'm willing to give Kaya like one more season because I guess I am curious to see how her and Tiaza 
I think they're still together. Her and Tiza are doing, I really like Kaya's mom. I really like Kaya's mom. So I will be interested to see Kaya's mom. I just feel that her, I don't know. I thought her, like her first season was just like a little, eh, like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. So, but overall, like if I'm getting Team Mom Young and Pregnant, give me Brie, give me Kaya. I just want to see what's going on with Barr and Ashley so bad. Obviously, obviously they stars of Team Mom Young and Pregnant. Like by far the stars of Team Mom Young and Pregnant. Ugh. Okay, now I'm going to take a break and then we're going to recap. So I can't say this was a particularly interesting week of Teen Mom, which of course really would have lent itself well to a 16 and recovering recap if I didn't have a fucking nervous breakdown over it. Like, I, I just still am like very surprised by my reaction, I guess. I am a person that cries a lot at TV shows and movies or like if I just think of something sad, I can start crying. But it's like... It's never a hard cry. I'm always like, oh, and like I get teary and I like I feel good or sad, but it's not I'm never like a hard cry. And so I was just like so taken aback by like the sobbing I did, like full body sobbing. (laughs) One day, one day we'll talk about it. I'm sure you guys are like, well, can you stop talking about it if you're not going to recap it? Which is a fair question. It's a very fair question. But I think I'm just like feeling just like weird about how upset I got by it. Um, like like I feel unsettled a little bit by how how upset I got about it because I don't feel emotions like that a lot anymore. Um, I will say that I used to feel emotions like that all of the time. And I used to cry like that like five times a week. It was really tiring. My life was really tiring at that time emotionally. And then when I got, you know, I got sober and I got EMDR therapy for my PTSD. I just don't cry like that anymore. Um, It's weird. I don't feel, I feel very evened out most of the time. I don't ever feel really upset and low like that. I mean, ever is an overstatement, but 95% of the time I don't feel that way, but I also don't feel like super high emotions like I used to either. And so I'm used to being like pretty even keeled and I think like feeling so upset, uh, like not at a funeral, like just made me, it just really threw me for a loop. It really, really threw me for a loop in a way that like this morning I can't really stop thinking about. Like I I don't know why it made me so upset. Like I, I mean I do know why because it just reminded me like I just, all my friends that are dead, like <laughs> all of my dead friends are why it made me so upset and just like how hard it is to be in recovery and get close to people and then they die and how frustrating it feels when you have gotten sober and like you're able to get sober and your friends are not able to. And it just is like, it just is like the crushing feeling of like, there is no solution to this is, it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting. And it's like, you get close to somebody in early, that's an early recovery and like, it's very weird to become friends with someone and like you have to constantly think like I hope they don't die. 
And just one last thing. <laughs> it, like, is a really shitty feeling when you get on Facebook and you see one of your friends has died who's in their 20s and you think, yeah, that makes sense. Like, one of my friends had died in, I guess that was January. It was pre-coronavirus because I was, <laughs> was at a packed funeral with a bunch of people. I think that was in January. And, like, I, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, uh-huh, that tracks. Okay. Like, that is a sick feeling. It's not, that's not normal, like, human, or at least not for, like, you know, modern day society. It's not normal. So that, I don't, why am I talking about this? It's so weird because I do want to talk about it. Like, I really do because I think it's so important. And, like, I know I have a unique perspective to bring to this. But at the same time, it's like, it's so hard to talk about. And so it just feels so weird that I'm in this plate. Like, I feel like this has never been a real thing where I can't talk about something on this podcast because it makes me too upset. You guys know I've cried like a million times on this podcast. Like, it's not that I get upset and I cry. It's like, it, the crying is not like I can talk through crying, you know? Okay. And once again, as you're listening, I'm sure you're like, just... Sh- stop talking about it then, Liz. Just stop talking about it. But I just, it really feels like all encompassing right now, you know? And like, I actually rather wish I just like wasn't doing an episode of Feathers in My Hair right now because then I could like think about it and not have to talk about it out loud. But I think because I'm recording, like I just can't stop thinking about how upset I was. Okay, stop. Let's talk about Leah, who had a very... I have questions. I have questions about Leah and her boy, her Victoria's boyfriend, Royer, who did you notice got a Chiron of Roger? I don't think that's his name. Do you spell Royer? Is that because that's how you pronounce a G in Spanish, right? With that soft sound. Is that his name? They call him Royer. Um, is that how you pronounce Roger? I'm probably the idiot here. When I'm like, what idiots? Why do they call him Roger? That's probably how he spells his name. And I'm just such an idiot. Um, But Leah is going to Costa Rica with Victoria to see Victoria's baby's father. I, I don't think boyfriend is the term, is it? Also, like, I don't think they're together now. Because um, Victoria posted this really crazy thing. <laughs> That I found to be, this is like a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure for, I don't know what Victoria's Instagram account name is, so I can't get there, but a lot of pressure for a baby where it's like, I prayed to God to bring me a man that would never leave me. And he brought me you and you're my, you're my mother's grandson and a nephew, because this is like the first boy their family's ever had, I guess, um, I mean, she, Lee and Victoria have a brother, but it's mostly women in their family. And I was like, oof. I feel like you shouldn't look at your kid as like a replacement for your spouse. <laughs> I feel like that's not a healthy thing to put on a child. Like, here's the thing. Like, I really, really wanted to have a boyfriend, but I didn't get a boyfriend. But now I have you and you'll never leave me. But it's like children do leave you because that's like, 
the literal life cycle that your children grow up and leave you. And of course, some stay closer than others as I sit here in my mother's home. But I also did leave for 12 years. <laughs> you know, like I left her for 12 years. Um, and this is the first time I'm living with her in 12 years. So I just don't think that that's like a very healthy attitude. I think it puts like a weird, a weird emotional relationship on a child that it shouldn't it's like when somebody has a baby so it will love them and it's like but babies don't really love you like a baby loves you of course but like it's a different type of love and like you have to have the love so yeah victoria and this guy he's still not here i okay i'm not a 90 day fiance watcher as you all know i well maybe you don't know i don't have I can't remember where I talk about stuff sometimes, but I am not a 90 Day Fiance watcher for a couple of reasons. One, I cannot stand watching shows on TLC because half of the episode is just like a recap from before the commercial or after the commercial. It drives me really insane that they'll be like coming up on and then they like show again when the commercial break comes back what we just saw. And I'm like, there's so much repetition. It's so crazy. And I also don't like on 90 Day Fiance that they bring, they continuously bring in new couples throughout the season. So like when I did try and watch it, I was like hooked on these four couples that we were following or whatever. And then they brought in two new couples. And so we saw way less of the four couples I was invested in. And I didn't like that. And also, I just feel like it's on too often. It's on eight times a week, as far as I can tell, via people's Twitter accounts. (laughs) That said, I do know what a K visa is, right? K-12 visa, K-1 visa, which is where your fiancé visa, where you get engaged and you can bring your fiancé to the United States and then you get married within 90 days before the visa runs out and then you start the immigration process, right? That is why it's called 90-day fiancé because you have to get married within, well, I mean, you don't have to, I guess, if nobody comes and looks for the person, But their visa will run out in 90 days. So I'm a little confused as to, one, why Victoria and this guy just don't get engaged and, like, have him come over on the fiancé visa if this is really what they want to do. So I'm wondering if, one, it's possible that Victoria is still married because I do believe Victoria was married. I don't know if – I think she has two older daughters. I'm pretty sure she has two daughters, I don't know if they have the same dad, but I'm pretty sure Victoria was at least married to the father of the second daughter. It's possible both of those babies are with the same dad and it's her ex-husband, but I can't quite remember. So I wonder if one, Victoria is still married, so she can't apply for a fiancé visa because bigamy is illegal. I Two, I wonder if Royer is uh engaged or married and so he can't you know he's legally married so he can't do that um also like my understanding and I believe even my dear friend Fiona looked this up because we were talking about it is that people from Costa Rica can come to the United States without a visa like that we have free travel access Americans go to Costa Rica without a visa and Costa Ricans can come to America without a visa so I don't really know why he doesn't just come here. And even if that means like he's coming, you know, maybe he'll like (laughs) extend the 
the travel visa or like the travel allowance, which is how most uh, undocumented people get here, right? Like most undocumented people don't come to the United States via like being smuggled in via a coyote. Most undocumented people come here via an airplane and land here on like a vacation visa or a student visa or whatever, or just like their countries allow free travel between and then they just outstay their visa and don't leave. Um, that's how most undocumented people get here. So I'm not sure why he doesn't just do that, even if like his plan is not to stay and like fuck, because when you do that, it does that make it much harder to get citizenship and like to get a legal or if not citizenship to like get a legal uh, legal residency, I guess is the word I'm looking for. But I like if the baby is due, let's say I don't even know when this is home. If the baby was due on November fifteenth, like couldn't he just fly up on November maybe eighth and stay through the end of the month? You know, like I I'm just a little confused by the logistics of this. If you know about uh, international travel and Costa Rica and visas and relationships, I mean, let me know. I just am not sure, like, why it needs to be such an extensive process to get him over here, at least for the birth. I understand for living, it's, like, a very hard process. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, why doesn't he just, like, become a legal immigrant? Um, Because it's fucking hard, and that's the reason that we have so many undocumented people, because it's so fucking hard. But I, I yeah, I just have questions. I'm just unsure. And also why he like it's how old his kids are he has two other kids like is he gonna leave them and move to america are they still together now it doesn't really seem like it but also i'm not sure but basically this episode leah and victoria go down to costa rica i'm guessing on a trip paid for by mtv so victoria can meet uh Royer's Royer's uh, mother which was a very sweet moment his mother was very nice she was crying and you know telling the baby I'm your grandmother and like rubbing Victoria's stomach I thought it was really nice um Leah has this like weird moment with Royer where he's she's like quizzing him about she's like well I'm the big sister right so I'm protective over Victoria and I'm always here and I want to make sure your tensions are good and I'm like, okay, but like, I think we're a little late for that because Victoria is six months pregnant at this point. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what like your big sister lecture is really going to do at this point. Also, like how old is Royer? Because he's a grown up, you know, so it's like a little weird for Leah to, of all people, especially to be lecturing him. Very, very weird. We also see Royer's cousin. I believe, remember at the reunion when they like brought him on and then implied like Leah and him were hooking up? He was cute, I think. He was in this episode and I was like, oh, this is when Leah must have hooked up with him. Like, okay, good for you, Leah. Um, Leah does agree to be Royer's sponsor, which my understanding, I really know very little about immigration. I'm, you know, maybe I should learn more about it considering it's such a pressing issue in this country, but... I guess the sponsor is when the person applies for, like, a legal, like, the legal way to come to the United States, the visa or whatever. You have to have a citizen willing to sponsor you, which basically just means that, like, 
if something happens to Royer and he has to collect like government benefits for some reason that Leah is agreeing to pay them back um, for that. Like she will make sure that he's not a burden on the United States government. So she agrees to do that, which is very nice. Um, once again, I'm not sure why Victoria can't do that. If Victoria is the one that's bringing him over here. Um, I just have questions. I just have a lot of questions that Lee and Victoria did not answer. I feel like I left this episode with way more questions than answers. And that's really it for Leah. Um, I don't care that much about Victoria and her 90 day fiance situation. You know, like we don't know Victoria that well. So I'm not like sure why this needs to be such a big storyline. I guess it's because Leah doesn't really have anything going on. So it's just easier to film that. But my question is, like, what's the point, I guess? <laughs> what's the point of us, you know, following Victoria around? And if that's what we're doing, like, can I at least get some backstory on Victoria and, like, what happened with her ex-husband? I think that would make this more enjoyable. Okay, let's go to, I guess we'll go to Chelsea, who, once again, had a very boring very boring episode. Although Paula, one of my listeners, one of my dear, dear listeners told me that she watched an interview Chelsea did. And apparently, um, she doesn't directly say, but it sounds like Chelsea and the Lynns did go back to court. And now Aubrey can go over to the Lynns when she wants to, but they're not on a schedule, which is exactly what I was advocating for last week. And I guess Chelsea also said that Aubrey has a cell phone so Aubrey can just talk to them when she wants. And I guess now Chelsea just never, ever, ever speaks to the Lynns. And it's just on Aubrey to, <laughs> to arrange her visits. <laughs> so this is like half what I meant, right? Like, I am glad that they have come to a more reasonable schedule that is more attainable for their family as Aubrey grows up. I'm really glad for that. But the fact that Chelsea has now just like abdicated all communication to her child. <laughs> I mean, like I said, grow up, Chelsea. Like she's such a baby. She's such a baby that she's like, well, the 10 year old can handle this. <laughs> so I don't have to. Ugh. So Chelsea lets us know that she is in therapy, which I was really glad to hear. Really, really glad to hear. Because remember last year she was saying like, I don't want to do therapy and I just want to go on meds. I don't want to be in therapy. But I guess now she's on meds, in therapy, reading some self-help books. And I was really glad to see that. Um, I think that's great. I think it does seem like she's doing a lot better, right? You know, like last season and especially the season before, she just, it seemed really debilitating her anxiety. And she wasn't leaving the house. And it was really worrying how bad she was. So I'm really glad that she is doing a lot better and she's in therapy. And hopefully like when the newest baby comes, she will not have to, she won't have like severe postpartum anxiety again. And I mean, obviously you can't control that, but like if you are in therapy and you are on meds, I would imagine that would help mitigate the situation a little bit. And if it does happen, you have a support system to help you with it. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy for her. I mean, do I like Chelsea on this show? No. Do I think Chelsea's a baby and needs to grow up? Yeah. But like, am I happy that Chelsea's anxiety seems to be much better and that she seems to be in a much better place? Absolutely. 
Uh, so in this episode, she goes back to Lori Bell's because Chelsea is a fashion designer. And we see her vegan leather jacket, which like, oh my God, nothing has been more me in this. First of all, if you want a pleather jacket, go to Target. Target has cute pleather jackets every year. That's first. Second of all, I really want to buy a real leather jacket, but I shouldn't do that because they're very expensive. <laughs> I should not buy a leather jacket, but I really want a real leather jacket. It will last forever. It's an investment piece, right? Right. I Like the other day, I just spent hours looking at them. Madewell has this one that's so fucking cute. It's so fucking expensive. And I just like, I think I'm going to see and wait if Madewell is going to do a site-wide discount and then maybe I'll order it. We'll see. It, it's unnecessary. Don't need to waste my money on that. Um, but Chelsea is like so happy with Lori Bell and the jacket. And it's like, okay, sure. You Like when I watch these Lori Bell scenes, I'm like, sure. That's like the only reaction there is to have to it, right? Like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's like when your coworkers telling you a story and they will not stop, even though it should have stopped four minutes before they like are ending it. And you're just like, okay, cool. Like there's nothing offensive about what they told you. You're just uninterested. And that's how I feel about Chelsea at Lori Bell's. She does talk to Cole and she lets Cole know that she is doing much better. The therapy is helping. And she acknowledges that she couldn't leave the house before. And now she can. So that's really good. It's not it's not great to have anxiety that keeps you in your home, you know? So the episode ends with her going to a cookie decorating class with Aubrey, um, one of her friends who I guess has a daughter that she looked a little older than Aubrey, maybe like a year or two older. You know, like that two years can make a big difference. The girl's probably 12 where Aubrey was 10. And it looked nice. Chelsea said that she really wanted to make an effort to spend one-on-one -on -one time with Aubrey, which I think is great and important. She's like, especially like, I think for two folds, it's important. One, I think it's important because there is such a big age difference between Aubrey and the babies. Um, And babies demand so much attention. Like you you have to be with them all the time or they will die. You know, like that that's what a baby is. And so I would imagine for an older kid, it can be kind of hard to have such little siblings, especially when you were used to being the center of attention for so long, to have such little siblings that need to be watched all the time and your parents can't give you as much attention before because it's like physically impossible. So one, I think it's important that she spends one-on-one -on -one time with Aubrey for that reason and the other reason is that she's like, well, you know, soon Aubrey's not going to want to spend time with me because she's going to be a teenager. So I want to take advantage of this. And I was like, yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. I think that's really great. And they go to their cookie decorating class and Chelsea's friend seems nice. And Aubrey is so cute. Oh, my God. Aubrey is a tween. Like, she's a full on tween. She had her hair and her scrunchie and she has her great glasses and she had a cute outfit on. I was like, oh, I'm getting so old. Nothing makes me feel quite old, like the passage of time via children, <laughs> you know, to like see these tweens that we watched born on TV when I was already, if not out of my teenage years, very close to being out of my teenage years. It's very startling. It's very startling to now see them as like full-fledged tweenagers. So it's nice. I mean, it was like, I think that this is like a fine storyline type of episode for Chelsea um, when she doesn't really have anything going on. 
which is most of the time, right? Uh, I think it is nice to see her like do an activity like that with Ch- or with Aubrey. Like, is it boring? Yeah, sure. Of course it's boring. <laughs> this is Chelsea. 95% of her scenes are boring. So if it is going to be boring, I at least want to see her doing a scene that makes me like, oh, that's nice. And that's how I felt about cookie decorating. Also, what the fuck is going to a cookie decorating class? <laughs> what is that? Did any of you grow up with parents that did not do things like that? (laughs) Could all my other child of alcoholics and addicts and also just parents that weren't that into doing children things? Because there are those two, you know, there are parents that are not alcoholic or addicts, but just are not interested in children activities, um, which I would say is the type of home I was raised in. (laughs) where my parents were not quite interested in doing child activities or doing activities where they had to participate, which like fair enough, you know, like fair enough. My poor mother had to go to so many soccer games while my dad like went fishing at the shore. Oh, could you imagine? Your husband is just like at the beach every weekend fishing. You have to take your fucking kids to soccer. Would lose my mind. (laughs) No wonder she was drinking. (laughs) But we didn't do things like that. Like there, we, first of all, we like didn't do any crafts together. My mom's not really a crafty person in general. Um, so we didn't do a lot of crafts at our house and we definitely didn't leave our house to do crafts. (laughs) We would have never went to like an activity night together. Like I can't, I can't imagine that. And of course, MTV was not following my family around asking me to do activities outside of our home. So that I'm sure it is different. I'm sure that does influence, you know, what I call, what do I call them? Outings. Like I hate like fake outings that they do on these shows that nobody does in real life, like going go-karting. Like nobody goes go-karting, you know, but like every reality TV person has like gone go-karting on camera. (laughs) Uh, So I would imagine like this cookie decorating thing, it was maybe MTV's idea or they asked her to find something like this, but it just is very foreign from my childhood. And I do know that there are people my age that did things like this as a child because their parents were into that type of thing. Um, And I guess if I'm a parent, I would rather be the type that takes my kid to a cookie decorating class than doesn't, you know, like good for Chelsea on that, I guess. But yeah, if you know what a cookie decorating class is, let a girl know. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Brie, who I had a lot of people be like, oh my God, I can't wait to hear you talk about this. Brie was so immature. And I will say Brie is obviously very immature. I think Brie makes a lot of really bad decisions, but I actually didn't find Brie at Planned Parenthood getting a test to be that annoying. Here's the thing. If I know one thing in my life to be true, if I don't know a single other thing for sure, I know that Brie is a nervous giggler, right? Is that a sign of immaturity? Yeah, maybe. But also she was on camera, you know, like, so basically Brie has to go get an STD test because she fucked Louis out of condom. As one does. Like, good. I'm actually glad that they put that on TV. I think that was quite responsible. (laughs) You know, especially for a show that's supposed to be about safe sex. Ha ha ha. Um, It was nice to see her do the screening. And I I think in a way it was actually pretty, pretty brave of Brie. I don't know if brave is the right word, but I do have to commend Brie for putting this like sloppiness on camera. um, Because I'm sure if I was on MTV, I would like, 
try and pretend that I didn't fuck Lewis. I would definitely pretend that I didn't fuck Lewis without a condom. And then I definitely would not let you come to my STD appointment. <laughs> and I do think it takes like a certain, I guess, a certain level of bravery to put that on camera because you know how people are going to react to it, right? And Brie has already tweeted that this was a really bad season for her. I think she's making a lot of bad choices, but I appreciated the STD visit. So she goes to Planned Parenthood and the lady's just asking her like the rundown of questions. Like, do you use condoms? Never, sometimes, always. And Brie's like, sometimes. And she admits that she's had two sexual partners in the last year, which I guess is John and Lewis. And she didn't use a condom the last time she had sex. And, like, it is immature the way that she's talking. Like, it absolutely is. Like, I think Brie in general is pretty immature. I think a lot of it is just from her position in the family being babied. You know, we know that Roxanne babies her and that Brittany, like, acted as her mouthpiece for a long time, I think. I think Brittany was the one that spoke for her most of their childhood because she's so shy. And I think that, like, led to a lot of immaturity in Brie. And so it was like, come on, girl, like, stop giggling. Like, this is serious. Well, I guess it's not that serious. But, like, you don't you don't need to be giggling like this. Like, it's fine. Um, So she gets her SCD test. We didn't get the results, right? Because I do believe we find out she gets, she gets chlamydia, I think, later in this season. So it must be those results that she gets back. But also maybe not because she fucks Lewis again in this episode without a condom. There was a moment where Lewis FaceTimes Brie and Stella's like, John, 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 I want to talk to John. And I was like, I guess John was around a lot. (laughs) I feel like I don't remember what John even looks like, but he obviously made an impact in little Stella's life. Stella's so cute. So Nova has a gymnastics competition that weekend. I love that Nova's in gymnastics. She apparently really loves it. She's good at it. She's on the team. She's going to meets. I think gymnastics is a great sport. Uh, I mean, there are issues. (laughs) There are issues in gymnastics. Shocking. Um, But I think it's really cute. And she looks cute while she does it. So she invites Lewis to come, which I'm like, for what? Why? (laughs) I was a little confused as to why Lewis was invited to this. I... Especially because Brie's like, so this is something that drives me fucking insane about Brie. And this is what I mean. I find Brie very immature. Brie is always insisting, like, I, I don't want to have feelings. I don't want to be with him. Like, I'm not catching feelings. I just want him around for Stella. And it's like, okay, but like, why would you invite him on a weekend away with your family if you don't want and fuck him? on the weekend away with your family if you don't want to be with him in a relationship. Like, that's relationship behavior. I have a big problem, and obviously this is because I'm in my 30s now and I'm not 22, I'm 32, but I have a big problem with people that act like they're in a relationship but insist that they're not in a relationship. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, bringing Lewis to... Nova's, not his daughter's, to Nova's gymnastic meet, staying in a hotel with him, spending the whole day with your family together, acting like a little family with Stella. Like, that's boyfriend-girlfriend shit. 
That's not just co-parenting. That's not even friends with benefits. It's boyfriend-girlfriend shit. <sighs> um, we do find out that Devon was invited to this meet, and he did not come. When they're leaving, Devon sends Bree a text that's basically like, hey, um, I'm going to try and make it out there if I can find a ride, but I don't get off work until 8 o'clock tonight, so I don't know. And Bree's like, Ugh. she reads it to Roxanne. She's like, okay, I'm just going to text back okay. And Roxanne's like, no, don't text back okay. Because, you know, Roxanne is like forever making sure that Lewis and Devon are included in everything for whatever reason. And Bree's like, okay, well, we are leaving now, so we hope you can make it. And he said, I'm going to try. And Roxanne goes, good, great, glad for that. And Bree's like, what? Bree's like, he's not coming. <laughs> Bree's like, what are you talking about, Mom? And Roxanne's like, you don't know that. And Bree's like, yes, I do. Because the meet is over an hour away from where they live, and Devon doesn't have a car. How would he get there? Who's going to give him a ride there? <laughs> He's not coming. I just, Roxanne is like so optimistic in a way that I find very funny and endearing, to be honest. Like, Roxanne has her issues, but when Roxanne gets that text and it's so obvious to everybody that Devon is not coming and Roxanne goes, great, maybe he'll show up. It's like, I kind of wish I could think like that about things. You know, I wish I could be like so glass half full about everything. And I'm just so not, I'm so not like I'm with Brie on that. Like, obviously he's not coming. <laughs> also, like, I mean, I, I think it's fine that Devon didn't come. Would it have been nice if he came? Yeah, but the reality is, is that the meet is an hour away and he doesn't have a car and he has to work that day. He has work until eight o'clock that night, so he can't come like that. I think that's OK. I think if the reason that you're not coming is because you have work and it's just like too physically far for you to get there, like I don't think that's a big deal. You know, like I don't think you can ask him to take off work to make sure that you, like, come to this gymnastics meet that's one day long. Like, I don't know. I understand, like, I get why he couldn't come, and I also don't think it was a big deal. And to be honest, it didn't seem like Bree thought it was a big deal either. Now, I'm sure it's just compounded over the fact that Devon doesn't do a lot, you know? Like, he's not there a lot. But at least on this time, I was like, okay, that's fine. Devon did tweet this week where he was like, so they'll show Bree fucking without a condom, something like that. And they don't want to show the good things in my life, like shaking my head. And here's the thing, like, I would like to see more Devon because I think that he's interesting. I have like a lot of questions about him and his family and his life and like why he, like the struggles in his life. I have questions about those things. But at the same time, like, Bree's the main character, like... I think it's okay that, like, I do understand that it must be very frustrating if, especially if MTV films you doing good stuff and then they don't air it, that would be very frustrating to me. But, like, Devon's not the main character. Bree's the main character. So, like, we, it's okay that we're not getting scenes of him. Who else? It was Nova's birthday. I think Nova's birthday is at the end of July. I know Stella's is right around July 4th. So I think Nova's in, it was like a month ago, maybe. And I did see on Instagram that not only was Devon at the birthday party, but his mom was too, which I, I really want to know more about Devon's mom. Because if you remember, um, 
Bree has insinuated that his mom has never made an attempt to be in Nova's life. And if you guys don't know, like, Devon was really not in Nova's life until MTV came back around. Like, he really wasn't there for, like, the first five years in Nova's life. And then MTV showed back up. He comes around sometimes. You know, he doesn't come around other times. He's not very reliable, but he is, like, in the picture now. And he has said stuff like, she doesn't want to spend time with, like, why don't you let her spend time with my family? And Bree's like, well, your family has, like, never reached out to me. Like, I wonder what his mom is like that she doesn't really seem to have any interest in forging a relationship with Bree and the baby. Even if not with Bree, with the baby. I mean, compare that to, like, the Lynns, for one. <laughs> or even on Team Mom Young and Pregnant, Kaya. Remember Kaya's father, the baby of Kaya, the baby of, the father of Kaya's baby is in prison and she has a really contemptuous relationship with his mother. They do not get along well. They're always fighting. But for what it's worth, like this woman really does want to be in her grandchild's life. And, you know, does she go about it in the best way? No. <laughs> does she actually go about it in kind of the worst way? Yes. <laughs> But at least she's, like, making the effort because she knows that, like, her son isn't in the picture. So if she wants to see this baby, like, she has to make the effort to see the baby. So there's that. Yeah. Um, Like I said, Lois and Brie fuck again. But she does this whole thing about how she doesn't want to be together and she doesn't want him to catch feelings. And also, like, I... Oh, my God. She says something about being a prostitute in that. Or maybe Lois said it. I don't remember who said it. But, like... That she doesn't want Lewis just to see Stella when they have sex, like as a payment for her sex. <laughs> oh, so messy. It's so messy. But yeah, like, I I don't know how you're like getting excited that Lewis is coming around when he's clearly only coming around because he wants to fuck. Like, clearly. Lewis has not been there for like two and a half years of Stella's life. And then suddenly, like, you guys are having sex again, and he's, like, willing to come on a long weekend trip with your family. <laughs> Lewis is such a loser, honestly. He's such a loser. Such a loser. Okay, let's talk about Jade. Jade's having a kind of a boring season. Is it just me that feels that way? I mean, I guess that first episode with them fighting in New York was good, but... Jade doesn't have a ton going on right now that's, like, very interesting, and I hope that ramps up. I mean, is that bad for Jade if it ramps up? Yeah, of course. Is what I'm saying that I only want to see Jade having a bad life? Sure. Does that make me a bad person? Absolutely. Can we not think about the ethics of Teen Mom? Correct. So Jade is, as I said last week, she finished her licensing exam. She passed it, but she has to finish the hours before she's allowed to, like, be a licensed cosmetologist. And her and Sean and Christy are all getting along really well. They're working at the grandparents' restaurant together. And Christy and Jade go out to dinner. It's kind of cute. Christy has Chloe with her, and she brings, she has Chloe holding a balloon, like, I'm proud of you as congratulations for the licensing exam, I thought that was nice. It was sweet. It was thoughtful. Jay didn't even acknowledge the balloon. Or maybe she did and MTV just didn't show it. But I, I thought it was nice. So they have, they're having this dinner and Christy's asking her about Sean. And she's like, well, you know, Sean and I are just taking it slow. 
Like we're not putting labels on anything. We just want to work on co-parenting and we don't want to put pressure on it. And I was like, okay. Like I was like, I mean, maybe. But then later I realized that Sean was living with her. <laughs> this is what I'm, it's like, with like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> He lives with you. He sleeps in your bed. You fuck him. You have a child together. How is that anything but being in a serious relationship? What, like, if that's not being in a serious relationship, then what's a serious relationship? (laughs) It's such an early 20s thing, you know, to be like, well, you know, we're just working things out. Like, I really, I don't want to put any pressure on it. And, like, the guy's living in your home. (laughs) You can't live together and not be in a serious relationship. I hate to break it to you. That's an actual fact of life. Unless you're truly roommates and they have their own room. (laughs) But someone cannot sleep in your bed every night and you have sex with them. Oh, and you have a child together that you're raising together. You eat most of your meals together. You go most places together. Like, you probably say, I love you to one another. Like, That's what being a boyfriend and girlfriend is. Even if you don't want to say that's your boyfriend, like, that's your boyfriend. Oh, so silly. So they have this weird little moment where Chrissy is talking to Jade, but she's, like, looking over to the side. And Jade's like, what are you looking at? I don't know if MTV cut this very weird. I think that they may have cut this very weird because Chrissy's like, huh? And Jade's like, you're not looking at me. Like, why aren't you looking at me? You're looking over to the side. This is so weird. She's like getting angrier. Like, Jade's anger scares me a little bit. And I, in this scene, like at the restaurant, like I could just see the anger growing and it comes back down. But ooh, she needs to get help for that. But Chrissy doesn't answer. And then suddenly they're talking about a new topic. I was like, What? <laughs> I thought Jade was going to accuse Chrissy of being high because she, like, couldn't even make eye contact with her. But no, that's not what happened. I don't know what happened. So Chrissy basically says that she has no money. Her money is gone and she wants to save money. So can me and your dad move in with you um, and stay for a month or two and obviously pay you rent. But, like, we need to be able to save money. And, of course, Jade says yes. Jade, 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 Jade. Oh, poor Jade. I feel really sad for Jade because I think that Jade does not know how to disengage from her mom. And I think that is not something that's unique to Jade. That's really hard for anybody that's from a dysfunctional family, toxic family. It's really hard to cut people off, especially when they're your family. You know, like it's really hard I would say Kale, like, being totally not in communication with her mom is probably the rarer situation when you have, like, a dysfunctional family like Kale or Jade had. I would say Jade is the much more common situation in which you spend way too much time, money, and resources um, trying to help them out and make them better, and every time it just bites you in the ass because they will never change. I hope that Jade, you know, she's still pretty young, right? I think Jade's 23-ish. I think she was 21 in her first season or 20. So I think she's probably 22 to 23-ish. I don't remember when Team Mom Young and Pregnant even aired. But she's still very young. Um, I hope that she can learn to say no and make boundaries. But I think that she's having trouble. I think that she, 
she lets Christy walk all over her. And it's really sad and frustrating to watch. Because when I'm watching this, I'm like, Jay, don't let her move in. Like, why? Don't let her move in. That's all. You can say no. But Jade knows that if Christy's asking to move in, it means that they're gonna they're losing their place whether by eviction or the person's like look you gotta go like I won't evict you but you gotta go or it's possible they've been staying in an extended stay hotel situation uh because Chrissy is homeless as far as we know Chrissy is functionally homeless and if you're unaware of like the homeless situation in America like many people that are homeless I think they're calling it unhoused now um because homeless is not like person first language. I think you say like a person who is unhoused or without a home as opposed to a homeless person. But a person that is, you know, in this situation usually is not sleeping on the street. Usually. Maybe they'll have a couple nights in their car. But a lot of times what they're doing is living out of like extended stay hotels. I would imagine now maybe Airbnb as well, where basically you rent a hotel for the, you know, by the week. And it is expensive. And it sometimes is more expensive than paying regular rent. But the difference is, is that you don't have to pay a security deposit. You don't have to have a credit check. You don't need to have landlord recommendation references. You don't have to buy furniture for your home. And it just goes to that, like, the cost of being poor thing, right? Like, how it's very expensive to be poor in America. And you look at that and you're like, okay, but you're spending so much money like in rent and like you could just go get your own place, but they can't because they can't save up because they're spending so much money on their necessities. So they can't save to get into an apartment. And I'm pretty sure that's what Christy and her husband's life is, just kind of like rotating in and out of like extended stay hotels and motels and probably sleeping in their car occasionally. So I do understand why Christy feel, excuse me, why Jade feels like this extreme obligation. Because if you say no, you're the one that's possibly putting her out on the street. And I feel like for Jade, it probably just feels easier to just say yes and let it happen than have to deal with how she feels about essentially being the one to make her mom homeless. Now, that's not what's really happening. You know, like it's not Jade's responsibility that Chrissy is a drug addict, former drug addict, whatever, and can't save her money and is constantly in a bad situation. Like that's not Jade's problem at all. That's not her fault. But I understand why she probably thinks it's her fault. I just hope that, you know, as Chloe gets older, that she realizes like she needs to put her and her family before her mom. Surprise. Jade hasn't gotten pregnant again. Jade must have an IUD, right? I'm actually surprised have none of the Team Mom Young and Pregnant Girls got pregnant again. I mean, I, Rachel, we know, got pregnant and miscarried. But Ashley has said she has an IUD. Thank God. Thank God. The last thing Ashley and Bar need is another baby. They will have another baby eventually. But she has an IUD. Brie hasn't gotten pregnant again. Who else is? Oh, Lexi did get pregnant again, but she's not on the show anymore. Kayla got pregnant again. Okay. Just kidding. Some of them have gotten pregnant again. But I'm pretty surprised that Jade and Sean have not gotten pregnant again. I'm guessing she probably has an IUD. Like, let's hope. Because the last thing that Jade needs is to have another baby with Sean. And they are together as of now. I mean, they break up all the time. But they are together as of now. So, Christine and her dad move in. But, you know, they're not happy about it. Because Jade 
Chrissy promises that she's going to watch Chloe, but she's not watching Chloe and they fight. And it's like, I feel bad for Jade, but it's very hard to feel bad for Jade because it's hard to feel bad for someone that is just like continuously putting themselves in a bad situation over and over again. By the fourth time they do it, it's like, okay, I don't feel bad for you anymore. <laughs> oh, they also talk, Sean and Jade talk about how Chloe is really bad when her parents are around because they spoil her so much, which I found interesting. Um, I don't know interesting is the right word, but it's weird that like that seems to be their main problem with them, not the fact that they're like freeloading off of Jade. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, let's bring it on home with one Kaylin Lowry. So Kaylin had kind of an interesting episode in that, okay, Kale's sister, remember her sister's name is Michaela, maybe, I think, because she has a very similar name to Kale. Um, I think her name is Michaela. So Kale's sister's mom passed away. And then I guess at the same time or within a very short time of one another, their grandmother also passed away, like their father's mother. I have no idea what type of relationship Kale had with this woman. Um, we know that Kale didn't even meet her dad until she was like 15 or meet him as like an ability to have memories of someone until she was like 15. So I don't know if Kale knew this woman when as she was growing up or connected with her as an adult or Michaela was like, we should just go to the funeral because it's the right thing to do because she was our grandma. I have questions about Kale's grandma, I guess is what I'm saying. So she went to Texas where they all live. And she left the kids with a babysitter because it was her week. I don't think she went for very long, but she went. And Joe flipped out. Now, Kale and Joe have what is known as a right of first refusal in their custody agreement, which means that if either one of them is going to get needs a babysitter, they're supposed to be asking the other one first. Like, instead of, like, hiring a babysitter, you're supposed to be like, I'm going out for the night so like do you want them now is this like very practical and practice a lot of times like not really especially now that Kill and Joe are living you know an hour away from one another I'm sure that if she's just like going out to dinner he's just going out to dinner like and they're only going to be out for three hours they just hire a sitter they don't expect one or the other to then let you know like to like switch custody and move people around um but I can understand that if she is going out of town, she Joe expects to have Isaac brought to her ha- to his house instead of having them watched by Kale's nanny or whoever watches them. I get that. I also get that Kale probably set this up very quickly. She, you know, was in a rush. She didn't really think about it. And Joe texted her at this funeral and basically called her a bad mother, said that she was awful. Kale was like, he didn't even ask me, like, who died or if I was okay. And I get, so what Joe says to her is, like, I don't leave Isaac with anyone but, but blood family. And this is where I'm like, okay, what the fuck then, Joe? Because to me, that implies that uh, Joe is absolutely leaving Isaac with babysitters, right? They just happen to be his mom, maybe V's mom, um, his brother, his dad, like a cousin. Joe has a very large extended family, especially when you put V's family in there as well. Like Joe has a, a family. He has a lot of family members. So for Joe to be like, 
well, if you need a babysitter, you need to call me. But I leave him with blood family. As Kale points out, she's like, I don't have blood family. So what is Kale supposed to do? Like every single time she has to call Joe, but Joe doesn't need to call her every single time. I don't really think that's fair. I don't like that doesn't make sense to me. I think that if if they have established that babysitters via blood family are okay, then Kale also should be able to leave the kids with a babysitter. I just like I just think that is the case, you know? I I don't think it makes sense that Kale should be punished because she doesn't have blood family and have to like really go out of her way with Isaac as opposed to just like hiring her friend that's already, you know, living in her house or whatever to just stay with the kids for two nights that she then has to like get Isaac to Dover. I mean, this is why Kale shouldn't be living an hour away from Joe, but I digress, you know? I just, I really, I didn't like what Joe was doing. I didn't like it. And apparently Joe didn't either because at 7 a.m. the next morning, <laughs> he texted her and apologized. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have acted that way. And he says, given our history, I wanted to make sure I can trust you again. And Kale's like, what? what? When did you not trust me? And I guess basically Joe was like, okay, we have issues and I would like us to go to a counseling session to talk about this, which I'm pretty shocked by, honestly. Like I was, is Joe regularly in counseling? Does he have a therapist that they can go to? If so, like, I think that's great. I actually think that's a great suggestion for him and Kale to go to a counseling session together. When I heard that, I was like, okay, Joe, like I, I really thought that was great. It was a great suggestion. And I think Kale and Joe would really benefit from discussing things like this in front of mediators and counselors. Because I think that Kale, at the end of the day, can be reasonable when she gets out of her own way. And I think that if they have like a third, a neutral third party, like, like the therapist point things out, I think she'd be, it'd be a lot easier for her to come around. So Kale's recording the podcast with Lindsay and Lindsay's like, well, We always say that everybody should go to therapy, so you have to go to therapy with Joe. (laughs) And then they have a medium come on Kale's podcast. (laughs) Oh, God. Do I believe in mediums? Maybe. That's my answer. I don't really know. Maybe. Sometimes no. Sometimes yes. Maybe is the answer. And, oh, by the way, Lindsay looked like a poodle. Did you guys notice that? Her hair... (laughs) They look crazy when they film these podcasts in full glam. <laughs> if only you could see the full glam I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> My eyes are essentially swollen shut. My hair has not been washed in five days. <laughs> oh, God. Full glam, baby. I'm going to physically record this and put it on YouTube. Psych. I've had people say, like, I should record this on video. And I'm like, no. Why would I do that? No. <laughs> look like a monster when I film these. (laughs) But the psychic comes on and basically is like, oh, so you have children? (laughs) Kale's like, "Uh uh-huh. And she is like, well, I think you're gonna have another. And Kale's like, no. Kale's definitely already pregnant in this episode. If you notice, Kale's holding like a fucking pillow in front of her belly. Like she's definitely pregnant in this episode. And she's like, I think it's going to be a boy, though. I think it will be a boy. And Kale's like, oh, my God. And then 
She asks about her mother that she's estranged from because her mother's dead sister is coming through and the mother's dead sister wants them to talk and get on the same page. I'm like, I mean, did she just did one Google on Kale? And Kale's like, oh my God, oh my God. I don't know how mediums could ever like go to a, or people could ever, public figures is what I'm trying to say. I don't know how a public figure that's on a reality TV show with all of their business out there could go to a medium and like believe what they have to say. <laughs> all your business is online. And so Kale's like crying because, or I guess the medium starts crying about how much Kale's mom loves her. And she says that the only thing that keeps her going, Kale's mom, is the thought of Kale being out there. One, I'm not sure how the medium knows this because Kale's mom is not dead. So is the idea that Kale's mom's sister, so Kale's aunt, sees what's going on with Kale's mom and then tells the medium that? Okay, I, okay, sure, fine, okay. Um... But I don't like the idea of telling a child of an alcoholic or drug addict that their parent loves them so much and the only thing that keeps them going is the knowledge that they're out there. I think that is a very cruel thing to say. Um, I think that it's one thing to be like, well, they love you because sure, parents love their children. But I think that, like, when a parent has let you down your entire life, including in your adult life, when you let her back in and then she got drunk watching your baby, um, it's not right to, like, say, well, she just loves you so much and you're everything that keeps her going because she hasn't reached out to Kale in, like, five years. So it's kind of like when, you know, a boy is picking on a girl and they're like, he just has a crush on you. That's, like, the vibe it gives me. And I know Kale's, like, desperate for love, so it made me even sadder. And then the episode ends with her mom calling, which was interesting. I was surprised her mom had her phone number, to be honest. Like, I was pretty surprised that her mom had a way to call her. I guess maybe she could have called... I think Kale is, like, in touch with cousins and stuff. So maybe she got in touch with one of Kale's family members and got her number. Kale, at this point, is like, I don't even know if she knows that I have a third kid. Which is especially crazy, considering... Kale's famous, you know? That's so crazy to imagine, like, being so strange to your parents that, like, even though you're on national TV pregnant, like, you think that they might not know that you're pregnant because they care that little. That's the other thing. Like, if Kale's mom really loved her and the love of Kale was keeping her going, I'm pretty sure she'd be watching Teen Mom, right? <laughs> and keeping up with her life. <laughs> Sending a card when the baby was born. I don't know. I will be interested in seeing what her mom had to say, but... As of real time, I do not believe Kale's back in touch with her, so I'm sure it's nothing too special. And that's it for this week, guys. Thank you. I'm sorry for the weird episode. You know, it's been a weird week. And by weird week, I mean just like the last 24 hours have been weird and hard. So I'm sorry that I cried in this episode. I'm sorry that I feel like I started the episode scolding people because I could hear myself doing it. Anyway, you know that's reality folks <laughs> have a good week i will talk to you all again soon bye this podcast is brought to you by solid listen network find me on instagram at feathers underscore pod